the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <coughs> Today is the final Sunday that we're given in the preparation for healing season of Lent, called the Springtime of the Soul, which we talked about before. And this is our last Sunday to prepare, because on Ash Wednesday, this Wednesday, we enter into that blessed season. In our Gospel reading on this day, we hear from St. Luke in chapter 18, the testimony of the healing of the blind man, Bartimaeus. And today, in having us consider the actions of Bartimaeus towards Christ, our Lord really desires to implant in us a posture, a disposition by which to move towards Him and to walk with Him towards in great and holy Lent, and then because we've done so, to be able to walk with that posture and disposition towards Him every day of our lives beyond. So the Gospel reading told us this, and know this, that at this time in Jesus' ministry, He's now accumulated a great multitude that are following Him everywhere that He goes. And they're approaching the city of Jericho. There's a blind man near that city. <clears throat> he hears the crowd. And he's wondering what in the world is going on coming towards Jericho. He could hear. He couldn't see. But he could hear this multitude moving and talking and walking. And the noise that that would have made. And how that would have felt to him. And someone answers him as to what all this is. Saying Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. But then notice what Bartimaeus cries out. They tell him Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. In other words, that man from Nazareth is passing by. But listen to what Bartimaeus, something happens by God and by the revelation of God to this man. Because he doesn't cry out Jesus of Nazareth. He cries out, Son of David, have mercy Upon me. And some in the crowd, they try to quiet him. You know, for the longest time, I always wondered, why in the world are they quieting some? They're the multitude that Jesus gathered to himself by doing great things for them. Why are they trying to quiet this man? Well, the fathers speak very plainly about it. At this point, our Lord has even instructed his disciples if the people were proclaiming Jesus to be the Messiah. The Pharisees in that region, that would have gotten back to Jerusalem and they would have sought immediately to arrest Jesus. And so they're telling blind Bartimaeus, quiet down with that son of David, my goodness. No, we don't want the Pharisees hearing that, you see. And so that's what's going on. But how does Bartimaeus respond to them trying to quiet him? It says he cries out all the louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. The blind man just would not cease to cry out to the only one who could heal him until Christ would make him whole, restoring his blindness. And Jesus hears the cry of Bartimaeus. And he has his disciples bring Bartimaeus to him. And he says, what do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus responds, I want to see. I want to be whole again. I want to see. And Jesus says, receive your sight, for your faith has made you well. And blind Bartimaeus was healed in that very moment, no longer called blind Bartimaeus, 
but Bartimaeus, the one who was made whole by Jesus Christ. And I said that through this testimony, our Lord, in the healing of Bartimaeus, our Lord wants us to look at his action, look at what he does to get to Christ and to be made whole. And what is that disposition of his soul? He cried out to the Messiah for the Lord to have mercy. And when those tried to quiet him and to silence him, it's as if he pushed them aside. No, I need the healing of Christ. And he pushed in, Son of David, have mercy on me. He did not let that which would try to silence his cry for healing stop him from getting to the healer. And that's what our Lord is asking of all of us as we enter into Lent. Is what he's asking from us all the days of our life. He cried out all the more and he kept moving and kept moving to Christ until Christ heard him and acted on his behalf. It's as if he wouldn't stop until Christ made him whole. Let me offer you a few other examples, both from the tradition of the church and scripture on what we're talking about, this posture of the soul before Christ. From the tradition of the church, Saints Joachim and Anna, the blessed parents of the blessed Virgin Mary. We're called, we're known, we are told that they were righteous all of their days. So what is it that they were suffering all throughout their life? Where, what was their need? The shame of barrenness. Every day of their married life, into their old age, they are suffering the shame of barrenness. And we're told that every day of their life they would plead for the mercy of God to remove the shame of their barrenness. But nothing happened day after day. Until at one point in their old age, after a humiliating experience, that happened to St. Joachim, where he went to the temple to offer the prescribed sacrifice, but the priest who was receiving the sacrifice rejected St. Joachim and his sacrifice because of their barrenness. What a humiliating thing. And that broke St. Joachim even further. Lord, we have cried out every day to you. We have been faithful we have tried to live according to your law. And now the priest won't receive our sacrifice. St. Joachim went into the wilderness crying out for mercy. St. Anna stayed at home crying out for mercy. And they'd done this every day of their life. But now they cried out louder for mercy. And this time the Lord answered. And he gave them the most gracious gift of mercy imaginable. For not only the miracle of being able to bear a child in their own age. They would gift these two with the very gate through which the King of Kings would enter and save us all, the Blessed Virgin Mary. They cried out. They cried out. Even in further desperation, they never stopped calling out for the mercy of God until he heard them. In the Gospel of St. Matthew in chapter 15, we have the testimony of the freeing of the Canaanite woman. Uh, the Canaanite woman's daughter, her daughter was uh, demon-possessed. And a Canaanite woman, we're told, and let's remember who the Canaanites were in the eyes of the Jews. They were not human. They were treated as second-class citizens at best, and many of them saw them as little dogs. And this is how the Jews would treat the Canaanites. And a Canaanite woman, of all people, cries out to Jesus, Son of David, again, what had been revealed to this Canaanite woman, just like Bartimaeus. 
son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed. But our Lord ignores her. He doesn't answer her. He does nothing for her. And Christ's disciples urge Jesus to send her away. They try to put away her cry. This Canaanite woman. And he says, so that she would hear it. I'm sorry, I was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. Do the disciples' words and Jesus' words stop her? No. She presses in even further. We're told that she falls on her face, worshiping Christ at his feet and saying, Lord, help me. And then the Lord said, it's not good for me to take the bread of the children and give it to the little dogs. How cutting. I might have left. She did not. From her posture of worship, she looks up and just picture her eyes looking at him and saying with all humility, yes, but even the dogs get the little crumbs that fall from their master's table. You can almost see a big grin occur on the face of our Lord Jesus Christ when he says, O oh woman, great is your faith. Let it be done to you as you desire. See, the Lord saw the faith and the humility that he was working to draw out of her so that he could do the very thing that she was asking and release her daughter. And so her daughter was released. But I guarantee you this. So was her soul that day. For faith was born in her. She would not stop moving toward Christ. No matter what the voices were saying. And the result was the freeing of her daughter. And her own healing of her soul. In the gospel of St. Luke in chapter 18. Jesus tells a parable of the widow and the unjust judge. He says, there was a judge who did not fear God and had no regard for man. <clears throat> a widow came to him saying to the judge, get justice for me from my adversary. And the judge would do nothing. Yet the widow was relentless in asking for justice over and over again. And he did nothing until one day the judge says, though I do not fear God, nor do I regard man. Yet because this widow keeps troubling me. I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming to me, she absolutely exhausts me. And he acts on her behalf. Listen to what Jesus said about that parable. He says, hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own who cry to him day and night? I tell you that he will avenge them. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find this faith? On the earth, this woman was relentless going before the judge until the judge acted. But then listen to what Jesus says. He said, when the Son of Man comes, will he find this faith, the faith he's describing to us? Will he find this faith on the earth? What faith? If you notice that in the Canaanite woman and blind Bartimaeus and this parable that Jesus mentioned, faith, faith. Faith has made you well. What is this faith? Well, there are two parts to this faith. One is the faith that comes within us, is gifted to us by the revelation of who Jesus Christ really is. That he's not Jesus of Nazareth, some human. That he's the son of David, the Messiah come to redeem us, to heal us, to restore us to our rightful estate of humanity. 
the way that we were created, that's who this Jesus is. And then following up on that, the second part of that faith is, Lord, because of who you are, now reveal to me, Jesus, I know that you are my only hope for this redemption, my only hope for this salvation. But I want you to hear something clearly about faith. We're still not complete with the mature and complete faith that the Lord wants to grow in us. Because faith is not true faith alone just by the awakening of our souls to the revelation that I just shared with you. Faith becomes true faith when we act from that faith. True faith becomes faith when we act from the revelation and we move towards the hope of our healing. And we don't stop moving like all of these examples have shown us. That when we fall again and again, we get up and we keep moving forward. And when the enemy is saying, you see what you did, stop it, be quiet, be quiet. We ignore it and we cry out all the louder, son of David, have mercy upon me. I know that some of you, if not all of you, are like me. That you are sick and tired of your besetting weaknesses and sins. <coughs> We're exhausted from them. You're sick and tired of periods of suffering. You're sick and tired of the brokenness, the illness within your own soul. What is our Lord telling us? Not just come to me, but come to me and you don't stop coming to me until I have healed you. Because I want to tell you something in each of these cases. And I promise you this in your own life. Then when we cry out, for healing and restoration. But we feel like the Lord does nothing. He's doing everything. He is moving us. And wooing just like a Canaanite woman. He is building in us a greater faith. A greater revelation. That as we obtain it. Now he steps in. And he grants us the mercy that we've been longing for. This is the disposition of the soul for all of us to begin Lent. But it's the disposition of the soul of the Christian that's made whole time and time again by our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.